everybody. Welcome back to La Cantina MX Football Podcast, episode 401. We have quite a bit to talk about tonight. The aftermath of the Super Clásico in which America completely dominated Chivas and beat them 4-0. We had some comments from Iron Man's press conference today. Hierro having to deal with some reporters. And then uh, Marcelo Flores making his Tigres debut. Chino scoring for Pumas. That and much, much more. Join us over here on Twitter Spaces and YouTube if you want to join on on the fun. But before I go any further, just want to welcome our good friend, Joel. Joel, how are we doing today? What is up, Jaime? I'm good, dude. Despite that massive, embarrassing defeat, I'm good, man. I still have, I still have faith in Pau, in the Pauneta. Did you ever see, um, did you ever see this, like, it's this clip from, I think, Televisa? And it's called, like, La Familia something, Bacapulco. And it's, like, this very poor family from, like, the F.A. Uh-uh. And they kind of, they got this big wagon, this big, like, station wagon. And it's, like... It's like 12, dude, or more, and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and the car's, like, all falling apart. Uh-huh. And, like, at one point, they get a flat tire, and they patch it up themselves. But to do so, they, one of the ladies, they, they cut, like, a piece of her chancla, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> You've never seen it? I need to send it to you, so man. So where, where are you going with this? Uh, that's sort of Chivas, dude. <laughs> it's to get to the destination. It's just a lot of calamity on the way there because they did. They had a. They, they were very resilient though, man. Because for for, they, you know, every time something broke down in their car, they they would figure it out and fix it themselves. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, they finally made their destination. Just they just weren't. <laughs> even that was kind of weird. Because they were, like, in a weird section. Like, you could see the beach and everything, but it was, like, I guess far away from, like, where there's, like, resorts or, like, uh-huh. nightlife, you know? So, I don't know, man. They might have, like, their own spot picked out. Or they, they could just post up and no one would tell them anything. <sighs> yeah, man. Look, people yesterday were begging me, hey, he's going to have a Twitter spaces tonight, you know, all the... Shout out to Chivas del Norte, um, their Discord. They they are upset, man. Very emotional. And hey, look, it's not easy to to take a four 0 loss against your bitter <laughs> rivals, America. And uh, you know, there were just moments in the game where you know Chivas were act completely, absolutely dominated. There was only one team on the pitch. And you know, to be completely transparent with everybody, I turned it off after three 0 You know, I was like, there's no there's no point in watching the rest of this. This is embarrassing. So, you know, I ended up checking the score after saying that they scored a fourth goal. And uh, overall, man, the sentiment is like, you know, um, like fool's gold, right? We started the season with three victories. It looked like everything was going fine. You know, we bounced back from from losing the final. Oh, this is going to be the good year. And then, you know, we take that break. Uh, you know, go to League's Cup, do absolutely nothing, come back to Liga Mekis, and, and we just have three straight defeats. So, you know, something 
something happened, something broke, something needs to get fixed. And, um, you know, I'm sure Al Pastor will hop on later and, and have his take. But there were definitely some questionable decisions made by Paunovic. You know, the starting lineup, the the substitutions. There's just a lot of things that um, aren't really making sense. And, uh, you know, today we had uh, Fernando Hierro. He made a, a press conference to address the media and, um, you know, some, some embarrassing journalism in the crowd, man. Some of the questions that they were asking were just really, really pathetic. You know, they tried <laughs> they tried baiting him a few times, like, oh, yeah, like, what do you think of this player? Or what do you think of Bonovich's decisions? And he's like, hey, look, man, I'm here to to – I'm, my my job is to to bring as much arsenal to this team as possible to to bring the right tools to you know to supply the coach with with the right players so we can win a championship. He's like how he utilizes them and and the starting lineup. Like I'm not gonna get into that. Like that's not my job. And he did a really yeah. he did a really good job of like shutting that shit off. Like hey, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even address this. I'm not even gonna like speculate on this. This is this is stupid. You know like we're focused. We're we're calm. Uh, you know, he said that he, you know, he backed Banovich. He's like, he's the right man for the job. Two months ago, we were in a final. And, um, you know, this is the, still the same group, more or less. So, you know, he, he said that he's he's approaching this with a lot of patience and, and that, uh, you know, that the, you know, it's 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 still, we're still going in the in the right trajectory, apparently. Yeah, it's only been three games. And out of those three games, only America is the one that, we could say is worrisome. The other two are pretty much in line with what she was capable of uh, losing away to Santos. That's always been a team that has complicated things for Chivas. To win defeat on the road, no big deal. Not like they got squashed. Um, and then losing that home to Monterrey. Monterrey is, you know, title contenders. They're probably favorites. And America's also favorites. If we were to think the top three teams to win the league, uh, Monterrey Tigres America. That easy, you know. Um, people like to put Chivas because they got to the final, but I don't think that makes Chivas title contenders. That just showed, you know, like like the familia. <laughs> they just had a lot of resilience. They made it there with their beat up truck. <laughs> this time is going to be the same again, man. I think that's that's where the media plays. The bad effect where they make people believe she was at that they're not at that level of those three teams. I mean, even just looking at their bench, you know, it's it's nowhere near. So to want the team to stay at that type of consistency is is uh, unrealistic in, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody mis uh, not misunderstood, but. I, I, like they they didn't give Chivas the benefit of the doubt last season on their title run, and uh, they were able to take advantage. I mean, I, we were like thirty minutes away from getting eliminated from America. A lot of people forget that. Uh, yeah, so yeah. you know, it's it's uh it's a it's a matter of uh, taking advantage of of clubs that oh you know they they thought the game was over, and um you know getting into the final going up to zero. And uh, and then losing it to Tigres was was obviously painful, and um, you know, I I for me it's like Hierro. I think a lot of a lot of fans and a lot of uh, media were expecting him to kind of fall into that same same trap that uh, 
our previous director did, you know, Pelaez. You know, Pelaez loved throwing press conferences. He used to love taking taking it on the chin and being the first one to, to say all these things. But, you know, Yedro kind of, like, moves in the shadows, man. He doesn't really put, you know, this is, like, the first time, uh, I think, like, in a long time that he's, he's you know, actually handled a press conference himself. But for the most part, he he lets Bonovich, you know, do the work and, and unfortunately take the criticism. So, you know, I was pretty surprised that, that they had a press conference today. I thought they were going to announce something. But in the end, he just had to deal with a lot of uh, unprofessional reporters, man. And uh, yeah, there's, there's been some rumors going around that Paul lost the locker room and that, that they were putting pressure on on um, <clears throat> Fierro to to get on power to do something. And it, again, it's like the sky is falling type attitude. Three games with only one of them being like a really horrible outcome. Um, and it's like you're trying to rage quit and start again. I, I don't. I don't get it, man. Yeah, we have uh, Habibi joining us. Habibi, welcome to the show. Thank you, gentlemen. I just want to say that Ricardo Pelas did not like taking the chin. He just loved the attention. Yeah, that's why he had that away conference when he left. That man, that's, that's all he cared about. He did it for the attention, not because he cared. Too much, too much Pelaez hate. That's okay. <laughs> Go on. He's, he's I, still in the spotlight, Habibi. I agree. He loved the attention. He hasn't left. He had, uh, you know, it was like <laughs> personal, personal reasons why he, he liked to be in the spotlight all the time and talked a lot. He uh he said a lot of things that is that his ass couldn't cash, man. But uh with Yerro it's been, you know, kind of a breath of fresh air. He's, you know, given the the people the responsibility and empowered them. And, you know, more or less he's I, probably I golfing, huh? He's probably, he's probably golfing. <laughs> I mean it's just a month a month. Yeah, I, I I think for me it's like he does, he, you know, the, the, the job of a sporting director is exactly that, to, to hire the right people and to be able to delegate responsibilities. And I think he did a great job in, you know, hiring Bonovich. They almost pulled it off on their first attempt, you know, their first season. The one part where I think he deserves a lot of criticism, is, and I'm surprised no one really asked him these questions, is, you know, the players that he's decided to sign. You know, under under uh, Yerro, he's, he's signed... Some questionable players. Like, let's be honest, man. You know, two players from the second division with Wally and and uh, Ricardo Marin. I'm like, look, we're not a we're not a minnow. We're not a equipo chico. Like these type of transfers are acceptable for a team. You know, that's on the bottom of the table. Some lemmings, but Chivas should not be looking in rummaging through the second division looking for refuerzos. That's that's they look, they look like panic they look like panic pies. Like. No one actually did ask him that. Did they? But, yeah, they because they asked him about like you know the lineups and all that stuff and he said that's not his business. That's what a coach is for. Yeah. That his job was to give them the resources. So someone asked him, okay, so since your job is to give the coach the resources do you feel like you've given him adequate resources oh yeah and uh he said that um 
He's a lot of things, but one thing that stood out to me was that the players are at Chivas is because they want to be at Chivas. So he kind of gave the idea that all these names that have been turned around, mm. they didn't want to be there. So, for example, Pulido using Chivas to get a fat a better contract, deal. Yeah. better deal. So that's what he alluded to. He even said, like, a lot of names got thrown out with people I never even spoken to or even heard of. So I did with what is possible within the orbit of Chivas. Well, yeah, of course, if you're playing second division ball and you get an opportunity to play for Chivas, of course they're going to want to be there. But it's also your job to convince <laughs> to convince high-caliber players to join Chivas. And that's your responsibility. That's your job to sell the team and to sell yourself and be like, hey, let me convince you to play for Chivas. If a player doesn't want to go there, that's your fucking fault, dude. You're a bad salesman. What do you mean is his fault? It's your, dude, that's Pulido your job. going to turn away $4 million? How, how are you going to convince him to come back when he knows when he retires, he can move back to Guadalajara if he wants to? He's already been champion with Chivas. He's already been, like, uh, leader of the goleo with Chivas. Like, the sporting stuff you're trying to sell him on, he's already done it. So why is he going to walk away with, from $4 million when you might pay him $2 million or less, if at all? That is what a sporting director is supposed to do, man. They're supposed yeah, to bring in. You can't say he's bad at it. You wouldn't even be able to convince Pulido. No one would. If you're minus set on going from $2 million a year to $4 million a year and living comfortably in the MLS, instead of going back to the toxicness that is Mexican media and trying to achieve things that you already achieved, most players would say no. That's why he said the players that want to be here they're here. Pulido did not want to go to Chivas. I'm pretty sure that was never even an option in his mind. Well, I mean, it just goes to show like how Chivas are are being perceived in the minds of of uh, other players, of their professional players. And it's your job as a sporting director to change that image of the club and to make it prestigious again. And you don't do that by fucking signing Ricardo Marin, uh, a player in the second division, and, and a fucking bum from Spain that we never heard of before. That's my criticism on Hierro. It's like, at that point, don't even bring any refuerzos. Like, just just promote people from Tapatio. But, but he gave his answer to that criticism. I agree. His I agree. answer to that criticism was, el fútbol es de ganar o perder. If we would have been winning, you wouldn't be hating on Marín and all these refuerzos. You would have been saying, oh, my God, what a genius. Like, look, he bought low, and now they skyrocketed. Uh, same thing with the lineups. They asked him, like, how come uh, he hasn't had a consistent lineup? How come every game's a different lineup? And he said, if Pauno uses the same lineup all tournament and we still have the same results, you guys would be saying the opposite. How come he doesn't switch things up? How come he doesn't rotate? The only thing that matters at the end is if you win or if you lose. If you win, everything you do looks amazing. If you lose, everything you do looks terrible. He does a great job of deflecting and playing the devil's advocate. This is just my personal like criti- Like, if there is something to criticize <clears throat> Yero for, is is uh, it, it, it's those questionable signings, in my opinion. No, it, it is the, the signings. Is a, it's a valid because the, the, the guys haven't even gotten to play. Wait, wait, let's 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 have uh, the so because that Oribe Peralta was brought in by Yera. It was more like uh. He was on his way out, man. He just did the club dirty. A lot of people did. He was in no condition to play. 
it, the whole deal was just, it's just like a you know, bad business all around, but you got a new he was leaving. He, he started just so that's the point. Pulido just tore his ACL. If you give Pulido the money he wanted and comes in and tears his ACL, you just took a big gamble on something yeah. that might not pan out. So that's well, the no, thing my, I think about. It's a business too. Is it like, is it worth the risk? We already know, but no, with ACL injury. My criticism is not not failing to bring Pau. It's like Jaime said, bringing in two guys from second division Spain aren't even challenging for a spot. Like the guy, I don't think he's even that's even even on the bench. You know, and and like like Jaime said, if if you bring in someone and they're at that level, you're better off promoting from top of the field. Why why spend all that extra money when you already have someone over here? So that that would be my criticism. You bring some at least have them challenging, at least have them playing a game here and there where they're threatening to take the spot. Now you don't hear from them again. You're wondering if they even got to the club. I, and I haven't even got into Daniel Rios, which is another player with, you know, it's like, I understand, you know, your sporting director and the fans are demanding refuerzos, but I honestly think like sometimes in chess, the, sometimes the best move is to not make a move at all. And, you know, to make a move on Daniel Rios, Ricardo Marin, Wale, and, and then Eric Gutierrez, it's like, I, at that point, it would have been better to take a gamble on some of the players that won a championship at Tapatio, in my opinion, that would have made a lot more logic. Logic, um, you don't have to worry about them trying to fit into the team. They 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 know all the players. They're they're from Chivas, like they they they're in the system. It would have made a lot more sense, and then be like, hey, you know what? You know, we don't like the market. We don't like the what's available. Like we're just gonna hold on and and wait till we you know make a splash signing. And I think Eric Gutierrez was accessible. It was a, an accessible, realistic transfer for Chivas. I don't think he was the right player uh, to join. Our midfield is fine. We didn't need him. We need a nine. And I'm not saying Alan Pulido was the answer. I think it was a possible a possibility that he could have returned to Chivas. But, I mean, what's Henry Martin doing at America? Right now he's playing on the bench. It would have been a great uh, uh, aggressive move to try and take him away from America and to put him in a Chivas uniform. I know we don't really have too many nines right now. We're having we're having issues on the national team as well. I know Quinone is having to get naturalized to to join the the selection. So I understand that you know there's there's not much out there. But when you need a nine, bro, it's like I don't want someone from the second division. No disrespect to Ricardo Marin, he's he's doing okay. But it's and but Daniel Rios, dude, that been that guy's been completely erased from the team. It's like. These guys are trash. They they do not deserve to wear the the stripes and represent Chivas. They're not Chivas caliber signings. And uh I don't know, man. I think a lot of people should have criticized him more on that than all these other shenanigans that they ask questions about. And man, like he said, it comes that down to winning or losing. Like you literally just set the patio and give them a chance. But now you're saying that Marine is trash. Marin was the leading goal scorer of the championship that Tapatio won. At Celaya. The league. Yeah, he was with the Liga Expansión leading scorer. So how can you say, like, let's give these guys from Liga Expansión from Tapatio a chance. They would have done much better than who we brought when you literally brought the leading goal scorer from Expansión. Yeah, but he's not – he wasn't created in-house. He's not from – 
the academy. And you think they spent big money on them? They probably got them for five hundred thousand, if at all. And we already took that that gamble a couple seasons ago with Palo Yisrael. And how did that pan out? I don't even know where he's playing anymore. He was like one of the top leading goal scorers in in uh, the second division. We haven't heard that name since. So risk you got to take. I mean, with it, sometimes it pans out, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, personally, I would definitely take Marin over Henry Martin. You want me to bring in the guy who took a piss over Chivas as a celebration, who consistently has said that, you know, things about Chivas in a negative way. It's just in a Hey, money talks, bro. We've seen, we've seen players play for both teams. It happens. Money talks. You see what money does? Manchester United, you get a bunch of players that are there for a check and not there for a jersey. I mean, we Why had do you a, want someone on your team that's just there for money. I want a someone player talking shit behind your back. I want a player that's going to tire out the defense and then somebody else is going to score. Nah, <laughs> I'm just you, saying I, I'm just throwing names out there. Martin, though? I'm just throwing names out there that that our caliber players are. They don't need any time to adjust. They, they, they're, they're, they have a, uh, a track record with scoring goals. That's all I'm saying is like you need to get strikers like that and if you can't then just look into tapatio look at what's growing and and go from there i didn't see anything wrong with tepa he he got promoted to the first team he had a few a few um a few glimpses at chivas i thought he was he wasn't bad he's definitely better than rios like i don't understand man like you have uh players that got loaned out to juarez when they could have easily made the the starting lineup at chivas campillo and and uh sebas it's like, I don't know, man. It, hey, I'm not saying I agree with those guys leaving. I agree with a bunch of those guys should give them a chance. But just on the striker thing, there's no options. I'm like, your option is like the whole carousel with coaches, how they get recycled. It's the same thing with strikers right now. Strikers just getting recycled. That's why they had to go and make Quinones Mexican to the national team. <laughs> Who do you have? You have Quinones, you have Henry Martin, Raul Jimenez, Santi Jimenez. There's no Mexican strikers. They're, they would just get interchanged between each other. That's why Tigres can go ahead and get Marcelo Flores because they have Guignac. They have all these foreigners that they can take a chance on a nobody. But what Chivas is doing is doing the same thing. They're taking a chance on a nobody as far as like career-wise. The only thing is they don't have those other high-caliber players to hold it down while that nobody potentially pans out. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty bad. Another thing that um, you know, it's starting to become a little bit, you know, worrying and and is starting to get serious. Is Alexis Vega? He got forty five minutes in a Clasico. Got immediately subbed off at halftime. I saw a tweet around the lines of, you know, they told him at at Qatar that he requires another uh, surgery that would immediately retire him from professional football. So. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know what the story is with Alexis Vega. Uh, I know that there was uh, like a podcast where he said that he was considered, you know, retired or had considered retiring because of the pain. So, like our 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 most paid player, paid player, and our biggest, you know, our our, our biggest player is uh, on the verge of of like hanging at the boots and, and walking away, man. That's a, that's a major concern. 
I don't know. I would just let him go now. Save yourself the salary or sell him to somebody. I mean, no one's gonna buy him. Who's gonna? He won't pass a medical. They took him. So then, why the hell they take him to Qatar? Why they take him to try to take him to the Gold Cup? That's a part that to me doesn't make sense. Apparently, they told him to shit in Qatar, but they still try to take him to the Gold Cup. Like if he was that much of a necessity for the Gold Cup, like if he was that guy. I, something doesn't add up to me. It's like he got sent home, no, from the Gold Cup. Yeah, he got sent home because he got hurt. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If you knew since Qatar he had this potentially career-ending injury, why wouldn't you let him rest during the summer? Why wouldn't Chivas and national team say, for both best interests, this guy cannot play in the Gold Cup. He needs to let that knee rest. And the only reason they sent him home because he got hurt. So to me, it doesn't add up. I mean, I know why, right? It's the reason why Ronaldo played the 98 World Cup final. Uh, Nike made him, you know, Nike forced him to take to play that game injured. And I think like with Alexis Vega, there's a lot of marketing, a lot of ticket sales, a lot of, you know, hype around him. And I think everyone's just trying to, I, I think like I internally, know, I, buy that. I think internally they all know he's done. Like this guy is done. And they're just trying to milk as much as they can out of him before they decide, hey, man, like, he's he's retiring, like, for good. I think that's my theory. I don't know. I don't buy into that injury being that serious. Uh, you want to see serious injury, look up uh, Nick Chubb uh, from the Browns today. He had a similar injury to the guy with that Marcelo play. Like, you know, that's a serious injury. Was it injury. on turf? Uh well it's not the the fact that it was on turf it's the way this guy like hit him oh his leg the way it just completely bend in the way that uh. a leg it's just nasty to look at but yeah it's like when you tear your ACL your MCL your PCL like everything about your knee is completely destroyed Alexis hasn't had one of those injuries so what is this mysterious injury that hasn't been that graphic that hasn't been that serious that has him on the verge of retirement. Gaucho Avila, when he retired, didn't he tear his ACL? Um, had- I don't know what the specific injury was, but I, I know he retired super young. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I haven't seen Vega have this. I think it was at his time at Toluca. About. It was at Toluca, bro. It was before he even came to Chivas. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I haven't heard of him, like, his having an ACL tear or anything of that nature. Yeah, it must have been put under wraps or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, he said, uh, Avila always had leg problems throughout his career, and after many surgeries, he was forced to retire at the young age of 25 due to insufficient healing. Um, I know, like, with Vega, it's his ACL, right? Like, it's... Oh, that's the thing. They've never said. They have never said... Ligamentos cruzados or anything. That's just a knee injury. And that's what I'm saying. I don't buy into this whole mysterious injury. If anything, I think no one's told the truth that they gave him fucked up medical service. Probably. It's probably the same fucking guy who worked on uh, JJ Mack. Yeah, or they got a butcher. <laughs> well, I think I was reading something about like, you know, sometimes when you injure like your knee, like they have to, you know, shred some or like shave off some cartilage and that stuff, you know, that doesn't once you get rid of it, that's it, bro. It doesn't come back, you know. So I don't know if like maybe that's it. 
All I know is um, it seems like it's pretty serious. And uh, the injury, you know, he's he's been plagued with injuries his entire career. And, you know, I would not be surprised if, if we find out down the road that he's going to retire for good. And, and what a shame it would be, you know. Um, but you have to think about, at this point, is it even worth continuing? You know, all the fans, all the shit talking he's been having to deal with, all the expectations, you know, the amount of money he's costing Guadalajara, like... At this point, bro, you know, you might have to be the bigger person and just call it quits. Nah, no way. You got to collect the money while you can. You're talking about your family, your future. If Raul Jimenez wasn't the bigger man for his country in the World Cup, why should he be a bigger man? When you see Chivas is still going to do stupid decisions regardless, I might as well collect my money while I'm at it. If they paid Oribe Peralta a million to sit on the bench at 37 years old, why the fuck am I not going to like my bag? Gazunte Joel, you're back on. My microphone is... is uh... I'm going to have to come back. It's all good. We also have uh, Ron. Ron's on tonight. I'm sure he's ready to gloat about the 4-0 victory. Congrats and welcome to the show. How are you doing, guys? How are you guys feeling? Uh, as a Chivas fan, I've I've seen worse. This is this is nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad out there. How is it, guys? Did you Hello? did you enjoy the uh, the baile on Sun Saturday? Oh, yeah. Yes, I did. Highly enjoyed it. <laughs> Were you expecting that, though, Ron? Yeah, I, I, I was. Would you call it a baile, though? I didn't, get, I didn't think it was a baile. As far but as I, I don't a... think America was that more dominant. The game where I thought America was way more dominant. What is going on, man? We got some mic I issues trust. here. Yeah. Hey, everything should be good. No, the game I thought they were dominant was last season. Uh, where was it at? Uh, Kron? Yeah, the regular season game. That one is where I thought they were dominant. Like, Chivas couldn't even see the ball. They were just, like, running behind it. This game, I didn't feel like that. There was golazos. And there was guys getting burnt that you expect them to get burnt, like Chapito and things, Diva. But I didn't think it was like a dominant performance as far as like possession, chances created, be one. No, I didn't think it was like that. I think it was just, just more goals. they were more serenading. I, I, man, I, I need Vélez. I need Vélez, Pastor. I think, uh, yeah, this is still so lightly. The other one was uh, even worse, but they got served pretty bad. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty bad defeat, but uh, we'll see what happens. Chivas are still in contention for Liga; they're in sixth place despite the loss. Uh, who's uh, 
I didn't even check the standings. Is America higher? Third place with 14 points. Okay. <laughs> My internet wasn't working. Sorry. San Luis still in first with 16. Juarez in second with 15. What the fuck is going on in Liga Mekis? Did anybody watch the uh, Did anybody watch the Tigres match? Oh yeah. I missed it too, and I wanted to because I think that guy's gonna be a bust, dude. I I just don't see it with it. I don't see it. His uh, biggest highlight of the day was um, he got tackled, rolled out of bounds. The the play was still live. Goes on a full sprint and does like what somebody would do in a Sunday football league. He just straight takes out a player, and uh, a fight ensues. He got a yellow card. You know, welcome to Liga Mekis, Marcelo Flores. Apart from that, he did have one brief moment of 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 uh, of brilliance. He he nutmegged a Atlas player, and uh, apart from that, you know, I think. I'm glad that he's playing first division football. First of all, again, I don't believe Tigres was the right team. You know, I would have liked him at a, at a smaller club where he's going to get consistent playing time week in and week out. And, uh, right now the pecking order is, uh, you know, Cordova, Linus, just to name a few before Marcelo will get his shot. So we'll see what happens, but he's a small guy. I just like I think I think Tigres was the right move. I mean, obviously you would prefer maybe give Europe another chance, like a second division team or some shit. But if you're coming to Liga Mekis, Tigres was the right move because who was at fault for that loss? It was Nahuel being like way out of his box, Guignac missing a sleeper that he usually doesn't miss. So who gets all the pressure? Who gets all the attention? These established veterans that have been champions multiple times in Liga Mekis. If you were to send them to a Puebla, Juarez, a Mazatlan, there's no one to take that pressure away from you. That's why you see, like, Sendejas, when he went to America, he was able to flourish because all the veterans were taking the pressure if the result didn't go well. So if you want him to flourish and just focus on developing and getting better, Tigres is a perfect team. Because you know they're going to have a chance at the title. And you know the experienced players are going to be handling all that pressure. And the fans are expecting the experienced players to be the difference makers. So all you can do is just upside. Just be better than people are expecting you to be better. As opposed on the smaller team, they're expecting you to be the savior. They're expecting you to be Maradona with Napoli. Take them from last to champs. That's the real pressure. Yeah. I, I disagree with that. I think you, you don't go to a team like Arsenal and have that kind of weak-ass mentality. Obviously, he got a lot of pressure just by deciding to suit up for the Mexican national team, and his expectations were at an utmost high. So, you know, him not being him not being the center of attention and, and allowing veterans to take the heat for him, I've, I don't believe that. I think he's going to be better off playing week in and week out at a, at a team that, that's going to play him every single game. And uh, to ride the pine at Tigres and, and get carried to a final, um, you know, it's – I don't I don't think that's – It worked for Diego Lainez? It worked for him, but what the – you know, it's like 
You want a title? You know the Mexican media. You know if he went to a team where he played week in, week out, every 90 minutes, they wouldn't say, oh, at least Marcelo's playing 90 minutes every game. No, they'd say, oh, he has no goals. He has no assists. What is he doing? Like, you know, he's a bust. Yeah, but that's all coming from a fear of failure. Who's What's to say? No, but I'm not talking about him being him. I'm talking about, like, you as the sporting director – you you know he can flourish on your team because you have experienced but, but guys taking he, pressure away from him. Here's the thing, though. Diego Lainez basically established himself at America, leaving as a champion, and also and obviously he had an impeccable you know youth career at, at the national team level. Marcelo Flores and Diego Lainez, they're not. We're comparing apples to 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 to, to peaches here, you know. No, it's not I mean, it worked for him and getting carried to a final. I'm not comparing know. their careers. I'm comparing yeah. them making the move to Tigres. Because, like, Nez got carried to that final. He didn't do shit. So how does this benefit Marcelo? Uh, I think Marcelo makes a mental mess. Guys, see if you can get some points. No, playtime play is... T- the more you play, the better you're going to get. It's just that simple. Nice. Uh, if, if you have the, the good mentality, uh, you're not, you're, you know, all that criticism is not going to get to you. Um, you see with Hugo Sanchez, he talks about it all the time, how he will go in and the whole stadium will be chanting Indio and, and you know, the press would. No. He talked about this one Haiti. But, I mean, that's, that's even way more pressure. No, I'm gonna give you guys are talking about Coach Prime. I'm gonna give you a perfect example. When they won their first game this season, there was a guy on that team who, when that whistle blew, he broke down in tears and started crying. And you know why? Because he played with the team last year, and he said, "I worked my ass off every single day, and I never knew what it was to win because I was surrounded by guys that didn't like to work hard." So yeah, he was getting the playing time. Like he was getting the playing time with a shitty team. Even if you get yeah, the playing time with a bigger team and with winners, it makes you better in its own way as well. Dude, he just came from Arsenal. What fucking benefit was that? What what, what benefit what benefit hang. was there? Where he couldn't where, hang with Arsenal. Where's the gains? He couldn't hang with where, Arsenal. Hey, he where are the gains defense? from him playing? In the Premier League, you know, being in this under twenty three, what? Where are the benefits? I haven't He's seen them. Twenty minutes. What are you talking about? He's had twenty minutes. I'm just saying, yeah, bro. He, he he was trained over there. You know, he had all the. I imagine the the Rocky, the Rocky Ford with Drago training with all the high end oh, equipment. Obviously, he wasn't good enough for Arsenal. <laughs> would you but argue? Good enough for Arsenal. Would doesn't you? Mean he even if he's not but I'm saying, even if you was good enough, you're getting all that top level coaching, that top level education. So why do you want to use it with a small team like Puebla or Querétaro? I didn't say it's not to you. I'm just saying where every he gets the most playing time. because uh, there are examples of players if, if you're if you're good, even if the team sucks, you're still gonna stand out and other teams are going to then, you know. So take you to, to the bigger or better team. And then why not so take the risk of standing out with a team that is good instead of standing out with a team that's shitty? 
You guys literally want him to start from the bottom. No, it's like you're you're leaving minutes out every every time. That's 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 my my argument is like he's a young kid. He obviously did not do well in Europe, not even in the second division in Spain, right? So those are a lot of red flags. It tells me that he's not ready to play in the first division, or at least not in, in Europe, and he needs to, you know, take put his self down from this pedestal that we all put him on, the media and, and, and everything. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with with playing in a team that's you're gonna get guaranteed playing time, regardless of what the expectations are, and regardless of oh the mentality. Fuck that, dude. Play 90 minutes day in and day out. Going to Tigres yeah. and getting 20 minutes. How is that gonna be- benefit him when he's how old is he? 17, 18, 19. He should be playing week in and week out. That's that's my argument. Man, you're you're full of BS. Please. If he went to a small Please. team and was playing. Week in, week out, and wasn't doing shit, and the team was losing. You would be calling him a bust and saying that was a terrible. yeah. But you're you're projecting. You're projecting. That's just projecting. Yeah. Though. You're just projecting. It only counts when it's winning or losing. That's all that matters. Bro, if no, he, you're saying he starts getting more minutes and Tigres are champions, it's gonna look like a fantastic move. All that matters is the results that come with it. We'll see. You said we'll it, see you said how he does. We'll see how he does. No, but I mean, the whole thing, and this is the thing. Like, uh, you, Habibi says, if he plays for the small team and he doesn't do shit, but then at that point, you're not good enough. If you're good enough, and you don't have to, you know, be scoring two, three goals a game, but uh, you're going to stand out if you have that quality. Even if the team gets raped, you're still standing out and you're still looking good. And you will get taken to the better team, but just uh, playing, getting all that massive playing time, even being the, you know, the match duo, that's, in my opinion, that'll make them a better player than 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. Because at, what is his age? 20? 20, 21? How old is this guy? I think he's 19, no? You guys are talking about a league where Cortizo just debuted with Mexico at 27. 27. Come on, guys. No, but I mean, you're acting, like, cause, you're acting cause, like we're that's, that's, Liga um, and we're debuting 16-year-olds. So this 19 year old is way well, behind have, everybody we, else. Yeah, Max. But Charles started at 18. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, since Medina, 15, like it's the norm. That's not the norm. At 17. But that's not the norm. Well, because it, but it wasn't that rare. It just It's been these past years. And you could go down the line. You and Rafa Marquez by 17 was already playing. Yeah, but He's already getting called up to this year. If you take two guys out of the, well, no, team, because the players they, are they there. That's not the norm. Well, you know, because of the whole the whole business of, of foreigners and moving up to 11 per team or whatever. But when you I'm were back saying, at guys like three and four. Hit their debut in their prime between 23 <laughs> to 27. So, because this 19 year old hasn't hit his prime, you guys are crucifying him. No, so, I don't think he. Obviously, not hit his so prime. So, you're fine with 19. him? You're fine with him playing 20 minutes every single game? If any? If I was a Tigre Sporting Director, no, I'd be happy I'm saying with the move. As, uh, as someone that hopes, you know, from, for the greater good of the national team in Mexico, you have a I prospect. I don't care about the national team. What makes me think I care about the national team? I'm just team? saying, like, if you're a 19 year old, wouldn't you want to play every single game? 
90 minutes. Yeah, you, yes. Yeah, you want to play every single game, but I also want the, a challenge. A uh, challenge is... That's the challenge, yes. That's the challenge, bro. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah, become, my challenge, you can become my the, the leader of the I want to get team. as many minutes as possible on the team with, like, those players that have won so much in the last decade as opposed to, like... And that's any league. Do I want to compete and try to get as many possible minutes with Real Madrid or with Espanol? Yeah, sure. I'll play week in, week out with Espanol, but I don't know my limit. I want to see my so, ceiling. I want to see if I can compete with those hot guys my, at the highest level. My, my, all right. So this is, this is my argument with, with that, right? He was already exposed to that by playing in Arsenal and being part of that academy. And you cannot and like, you cannot convince me that he is being surrounded by the same amount of talent or better at Tigres because yeah. he's not. Yeah, that's the whole yeah. point that he couldn't hang with Arsenal, so he took a step below and let's see if he can hang at the step below. If he can't hang at Tigres, then he'll go to your Querétaro or your Puebla, and if he can't hang there, then he'll fucking retire. But why are you going to go from Arsenal to Mazatlan or somewhere just because you're going to get week in, week out. Why would you go to a fucking second division team in Spain? Which is much worse. Because that's the norm. And then then fucking flop, dude. No, it's not. Where did Vela go? Second division team in Spain. Dude. You can't tell me. He went to Real Oviedo, which is owned, if I'm not, or uh, associated with the Mexican, like, owner. And he couldn't even get minutes there, bro. So. But you don't know the story. Uh, obviously, oh. he's not good enough. You n- never know. Maybe he doesn't speak no freaking Spanish. I don't buy your argument, bro. It I think was... he's a kid that needs minutes day in and day out. He's not going to do it yes, at Tigres. The most PT available. I don't yeah. care he's, if he, he's going to. He's going to. here and there to, put, to get him into the national team and then maybe even to, and, to uh, Selección. That could be Tigres poster boy. They're gonna just, you know, prop him up wherever they can. I think but he, I he he might need that challenge down the road when he's a more established player. When he's like, okay, I'm finally getting consistent first division minutes. Now it's time for me to like up the ante and, and be surrounded by a challenge. But you gotta you gotta walk. You gotta crawl before you can walk, my guy. And going to yes. Tigres and, and getting 20 minutes, maybe if any, is is not going to help his development. Period. Yeah, the two players that they end up making those big moves, when when you see, they're already they're key players for their teams. When you see some of these Brazilians going to Spain, Italy, you know, for big monies, they're a key player in their teams. Uh, and and that's 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 where you know that takes a lot already. They're they're not at a they're not at a top team over there, getting you know. The shoulders of the bigger of the big players, they're they're the ones that are making that team competitive. Uh, so I was just going back to the point you said if you went to a Caretar and he didn't do shit. If he didn't do shit, that I mean at that point that shows he just doesn't have the capacity. He he could he could be a really good player and the team can suck ass, but if you're a really good player, you're still gonna stand out and everyone will notice. And even if the team you know, disappears or whatever, you will land in no, a better spot. Are, no, no, that's a BS argument because that only applies to generational talents. If Rafa Marquez debuted at any team 
Atlas, Chivas, Querétaro, it doesn't matter. He would have stood out because he's a generational talent. Right there, your argument makes sense. But Marcelo Flores is not a generational talent. You act like players just because they're pros, they'll stand out wherever they're at. He's probably well, just an above nah. average player. He's not I a mean, generational that's talent. Right. Carlos I was Bella, generational. A generational talent. Carlos Vela could have debuted for any Mexican team in Primera División, and he would have been considered a wonder kid in La Liga. No, but, but you know what? Like, like, but, but think about it this way. You think all these Uruguayos and Argentines that go and shine even in the MX, you think they're all generational talents or extremely well players, or they're just players that are very well polished because they were playing in a lot of times Everything crap teams in, in, in South America. Everything Some of these guys weren't exactly coming just from Volkan. Cruz Azul brings in a foreigner, and he does really great and surprises. And then they also bring two, three foreigners and never even seen minutes. Like, like, yeah, but I'm talking really about the Gabi ones Gold. that do good. Gabi Gol, the great in Brazil, he went to Europe. They're terrible. They sent him back. Couldn't even get minutes. Comes back to South America. And now he's winning Libertadores, Sudamericana. He's winning, like, yeah. you know, everything. He's, like, considered one of the top strikers on this side of the world. But he was trash in Europe. He couldn't get minutes. No, he wasn't trash in Europe. He was trash in that team. Because you, you could be a really good player, and you just have bad luck in whatever team you're at. And that's you, my, I mean, point. Drone, drone minutes. my point. If he goes to Querétaro, he could have just had bad luck if it didn't pan out. It doesn't mean he's trash. So no, by you saying is, that he's no, not this is good, the point. This is, you just this is the my point, point you keep missing. Right you said no, if he goes to Querétaro, he wouldn't be, and doesn't pan out. It means he wasn't good enough. But then for guys, no, no, you said say that no, it was I, bad luck. No, it could have been bad luck. I don't want to say hating on Marcelo for no reason. I'm not hating on him. I'm saying for Gabigol it was bad luck, but for Marcelo he's not good enough. Because that's literally in a what team where you just don't jail for different things, you know, because that guy obviously has a lot of talent. You know, we've seen that in the MS and that, like Carlosso went to Switzerland, I believe. He didn't really pan out. Then he blows up the Tosca. Sometimes you just run, you just have the right team, the right coach with, with the right teammates. Um, we don't know what's going on in this guy's life that also affects. So when he was just been at the wrong team, that doesn't mean he's trash. But I'm saying if he was getting consistent teams, getting consistent playing time, he was able to develop. All you're and doing is helping Marcelo's case. Maybe Real Oviedo <clears throat> wasn't the right situation at the right time. Doesn't mean he was bad or he is bad. Yeah, man, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how his career pans out. Um, you know, maybe he'll he'll transform at Tigres. Maybe he'll he'll break into the first team. Only time will tell. I think he's above average. I mean, I think he'll have whatever above average player results gives you. I don't think he's the generational talent people pan him out to be. Uh, I don't think Mexico's. I think he's like like this, you know, like this is above average. I don't think he's the generational talent that that Volpe makes him out to be. That he has the same playing style as Messi. Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> no, Maybe like, trip I, it. 
I think Mexico's last generational talent is Carlos Vela. I don't see anybody at that level right now as far as potential was. I concur. It's been a while since uh, someone made my dick hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who was it, Jaime? Who was the culprit? Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't remember. I will. I'll tell you who it's not. Chino Huerta. I will. I will say though. Uh, I'm enjoying him scoring. You know, week in week out, he scored another one over the weekend. I have a question for y'all. Is like, where where do you see Chino? Uh, you know, do you see him transcending? Do you see him just being a run of the mill player, or what are your thoughts on Chino Huerta? I think Chino Huerta being like. Uh... Norbelin Pineda type guy, you know, like he could be like above average, like potentially go to Europe, have like a, you know, a good European career, but it's not going to be, you know, with your top six teams or whatever league he goes to. It might not even be a top three league. It might be like, you know, Dutch league or some BS like that. But I think he can develop into that guy. I mean, it shows that he wants it, but same thing, above average at best. I don't think he's going to have a career like, let's say, Tecatito. I don't even think he's nowhere near having Tecatito's talent. So, yeah, just a regular above average guy. Hmm. Okay. There was a rumor that Lazio wanted him. We'll see if that's true. Yeah, but you, you got to realize that Serie A interests it's not what it used to be. Look, a lot of Serie A like lately, they've been getting a lot of Americans as well, like a lot of U.S. players. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For re- a lot of U.S.L. players as well, like Serie A is like rubbing two nickels together, trying to get what they can. So you like, think it's because of uh... players as well? I know. Open the doors for leagues. Do you think it's because of um, uh, Paramount? Oh, uh, maybe potentially, yeah. Get their ratings up in America, maybe. Yeah, I feel like uh, Paramount Plus has that uh, exclusivity with with Serie A, and obviously, it makes sense to send some Americans there. Same thing with like the Prem League. You know, you saw like Pulisic go to the Prem League when you know NBC took over. So it's uh, I think that there's a coincidence there. <laughs> Where you don't see a lot of Americans is La Liga, right? Yeah, don't. I think there's only one place for uh, Villarreal, I believe. Yeswa, Yoswa, whatever. It's actually a starter for the U.S. men's national team. Oh, yeah? For sure. Um, let me see what else was on the docket today. Monterrey, I will say, uh, I did catch a glimpse of their match the other day. They are scary. Um, and this is considering the fact that they lost like their top striker for the season. Um, but Cortizo, 
you know, you, you mentioned him earlier. He's 27, just made his uh, Selección debut. And, you know, 27 is, you know, considered on the older side, but he, he's looking good, man. He's looking good for Rayados. Canales continues to score. They have squad, bro. Yeah, they look scary good. That's definitely a team I would not want to play in the first round of playoffs. If anything, I hope to play them in the final and, you know, potentially pull off the miracle then. Because, yeah, they look scary good. And then with Cortizo, like, I was just pointing out, like, one of the bad things about Liga Mekis. But I have no problem with him, like, debuting at 27 as an individual. Because I personally believe that age doesn't matter. It just matters who's in form at the moment. That's why I hate, like, when national teams will start off with a guy. And then they take that guy to the World Cup four years later, even if the previous two years... He's not informed because, you know, he's part of the proceso. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I don't care. If there's two months going before the World Cup and some young 17-year-old just came up and he's killing it, I don't care if he wasn't part of the proceso. I want to take whoever's informed now. And Cortizo right now, he isn't fucking formed. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and well, look, this is just a guy that was getting playing time. He eventually... Managed to, you know, to to break out. But if if you look at like his career at Querétaro, ironically, some of the teams you were mentioning, uh, fifty games in three years, something that's that many. He was on the younger side, thirty-seven games in Tijuana in two years. Again, that's not that many. Uh, but I mean, he kept playing. Then finally, 2021, 2022, Puebla's alone, 14 games. Uh, and then he plays 20 games in 2022 where he scores five goals. He has 28 games right now. Um, but I, I do think this is one of those type of players as well where had he had way more consistent playing time, I feel at, at, any, at a younger age, he would have broken out. And, and you see, you see it like when when Jaime is the same when we compared. Um, damn, I keep forgetting the name, Jaime, the other Puebla striker. Um, Ormeño. Uh, your, your favorite Ormeño in the Argentine. Uh, Dinero. Yes, good thing you have a good memory, dude. My, my memory fails me. But yeah, if, if you look at their careers, like side by side, it's very parallel because. Same age, same height. But, dude, Dinero had a more solid career, way more playing time, just able to, just able to do more. But this other guy was just picando piedras, just getting scraps here and there. And I know you guys say he sucks, but I, I do think if he would have been at a club where he's just, you know, more PT, he would have he would have been that, but even a better player. I think that's what's been hurting Mexico, uh, just not enough playing time to go around. And again, the same broken record, uh, no opportunities because too many foreigners. And that's where the money is through transfers. You know how they'll buy a foreigner for X amount, but they could, they could write it off at a bigger amount and then they transfer it for another bigger amount. And it's a lot of uh, money laundering going through that. And that's where, that's why they, I don't know if clubs are in on it. I know in the past they were caught being on it. I don't know now. 
but that's a big other money maker to keep some of these teams afloat. But it ends up hurting the local talent. So you're not getting, and and you see it when I was telling you with you have all these foreigners that end up being good players in other leagues. Um, they were playing in some weak teams like Arsenal de Sarandí or Almirante Brown, or you know you got these these clubs you never heard of. But these dudes ended up playing two three years straight. Now they come to some league and and you know they're all. They're like the buff doggo, you know, they're already, they're ready for this shit. I was looking at the top goal scorers. We have El Cocolizo now at Tijuana with five goals. And then you have Harold Preciado with Santos with five as well. Unai Balbao from San Luis, he's got four. And then obviously Paulo Rodriguez from America has got four. Quinones has four. Juan Pablo Dominguez has four. Bruneta has four. There's a lot of players with four goals, but you don't want to. You guys want to hear something sad? Volpi has more goals than uh, you know any Chivas player. He's got three for Toluca, and he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> Just a four. Well, I mean, speaking of Volpi. That's a guy who could compete with Latroy for the World Cup starting spot. Ooh, interesting. You know, could you see him getting naturalized? I think he already is, or he's about to. Interesting. Luis You're going to give Quinones a shot, and you need another goalie because, you know, uh, Cebedo and no, Malagón and all of them aren't making it. Boypi, you know, he's a leader. He's a natural leader as well. That'd be my guy. I mean, we're going to open the national team up to all foreigners and become France. Let's give Boypi a chance to compete with Ochoa. I think he could definitely hang and give Ochoa a run for his money. Man, can you imagine the meltdown our country would have if Volpi got called up to the national team and benched Ochoa? Brazilian goalkeeper, Argentine striker, I'll take it. Oh, and black guy striker. I, I, I wouldn't see any. <laughs> I wouldn't see Melton Simon. <clears throat> as it is, there's like a big, there's a big anti-Ochoa campaign, which I find a bit sad. This is going on. He's well, you're cutting out. Can you hear me now? A little bit. Okay, what about now? Yeah, it's better. All right, I just I went to sit down, dude. It's like the phone's like, nah, you can't hang out. And then they're doing like a big campaign against the club, you know, big picture of the media just attacking at every turn. You know, we have a guy that's about to set a record of six straight World Cups. And instead of trying to impulse him or at a celebrator, it's more like, you know, chop him down. And so I I, I think, because you hear some of that, that people hate and whatnot, but I think that's a small vocal minority. Um, I think most Mexicans, they're not that on whole on the, you know, national guy. We saw it with, with the Cuban guy in baseball. 
I just don't think, and I'm talking about in Mexico, you know, I don't think in Mexico they're that, that um, nationalistic to that extent. I think this is more in the U.S. A lot of like, a lot of Portugal seem to make an even bigger deal of, you know, I find, it, I find it a bit ironic, but I feel it's more, hear more criticisms from here from Mexican-Americans. Well, I mean, I think one of the issues that you brought up with Ochoa is that you made it seem like a positive, but for a lot of people, it's a negative that he's going to his sixth World Cup. Yeah. That's what's pissing people off. It's not, and they're taking it out on him, but they're just mad at the system that literally can't create another goalkeeper that we have to take this guy who's going to be close to his 40s, if not in his 40s. Like, and it's not even like you got to realize, like, yeah, the goalkeepers can play to another age, but those reactions are getting yeah. slower, getting up. When you make that first save, but you got to get it up quickly for that second save. And, you know, that half second difference might be what costs you a goal in an important game. It's like no one else can come out. So I think it'd be healthy yeah. to have a guy like Voipi to give him that internal competition. Yeah, I would. No yeah, other Mexican can. No, I wouldn't mind either. Or even if you were to beat him for it, um, you know, because that's what makes the teams stronger. Having it, but I just feel like Ochoa was getting killed when he was at Ame because they would blame a lot of stuff on him. He goes to Serie A, you know, and he's he's still playing there, and they're still attacking him. Like, what other Mexican is in Europe playing? You know. Uh, and starting, and that's the other thing that Mexican fans and even media, you know, want to be in Europe. So here's this dude doing that, and it's like, nah, you're you're too old. Man, I've never even considered like having a foreign co uh, goalkeeper. That's one of the positions growing up that <laughs> I, you know, you never had to worry about. <clears throat> You always oh, yeah, had a, you always had so many talented goalkeepers, and to think that we would do something like that and and bring in Volpi, which I'm not against. He does offer something that Ochoa can't, which is like the foot, right? He's kind of like um, who's that goalkeeper from uh, Chilavert? I don't know if you guys remember him. Uh, yes, I do. It was my favorite. He played at Vélez Sarsfield, Paraguayo, captain of the team. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, dude, he's he, he almost scored a very nice free kick goal at the World Cup. I don't know if it was against France, but he, he came very, very close. <laughs> it's a you know, oh, yeah, it's an exciting dynamic addition to the team, right? Yeah, well, if he if he's you know, as you said, if you already put in his paperwork, <coughs> again, I wouldn't mind. These young guys that aren't getting the chance, they're not really showing that they deserve one to leave. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be an interesting dynamic having uh, Volpi join the national team. He has three goals this season, which is, again, a lot more than some of these strikers. Uh, including Alexis Vega. Um, 
Well, yeah, that's uh, we just had uh, uh, Santos play. They were playing today, and I think they were able to walk away. Oh no, they lost to Pachuca three two. What's the most you guys remember of Naturalizados in the national team at once? Was it with three three players? Or was it the time when Edickson was coach? Man, I can't remember. I was hoping Ron was here. Like Leandro, Leandro Augusto. Peach, Peach, um, Peach, Peach knows he just, he's not going to hit that request to talk button. <laughs> Peach, this, this is your moment. This is your moment, man. It's like <laughs> trivia time, you know? When's the What's the yeah. most am amount of uh, foreigners we've had on the national team at once? Well, I mean, we had, uh, wasn't it Sinha and Franco on the team at once? So it's definitely at least two. Yeah, because so there was like three maybe, but like like just just with the lack of players going into this next World Cup, if there was like four, man, I, I just, I wouldn't care as long as they're not players that are like mercenaries or they're just doing it just to get the World Cup because... A lot of these guys do stay and live in the country. Or the kids were born there and they that's you know, like like La Volpe, uh Ruen Romano, a lot of these other guys that just ended up staying there and, and just living their whole life in the country and, and you know, you really can't question them just because they weren't born there. Um they're obviously showing that they do care. So I, I wouldn't mind for a lot of those you know, like Quinones, even um, Jimenez. See, who else would it be? Volpi, and then uh, who, else, who else would you throw in there? Fidalgo. Would you guys throw Fidalgo? No, no way. He said he wants to play with Spain. That's an objective for him. He still wants to make the move back to Europe. Very wow. delusional that he's going to break into the Spanish squad. Hey, but at least he's being honest. I mean, you don't like, always tell you want a mercenary. Like, oh, well, Spain's not giving me a chance. Let me just go to Mexico. He's yeah. saying he has zero interest. I'd rather have that. Like, uh, what's his name? Funes Mori? Was Funes Mori a mercenary? I don't know. I mean, I'm telling you, some of these guys stay in the country for the I mean, long run. Been at Rayados for a while, yeah. man. No, no, no. I mean, shit. I don't know, man. It's fine. I would believe that his brother plays for the Argentine national team, and then that he, his dream, is to play for Mexico. Nah, I think he saw he didn't get a chance with Argentina. He wants to go to World Cup, so he'll take what he can get. I don't believe that whole, I love Mexico, I am Mexican. It's my dream to play for Mexico. Shut your ass up. You know you were wearing Argentina jersey, cheering for your brother and hoping for them to win. Him and Tata had uh, drinks after that match. Yeah, they had an asado and all that. They had mate, they had some uh, cola with wine, right? That's a, a Sudamerica thing, right? They put, like, Coca-Cola. Cola with wine? I heard like they drink wine with like soda, like they put they mix it. 
I never saw that. I did see um, Coca Cola with Fernet. Ah, Fernet. I love Fernet. Yeah, I haven't had it since since back then. I should probably get me a bottle for old time's sake. For sure. I mean, look, guys. If you guys want to wrap up early tonight, it's, it's all it's your call. Um, the big agenda today was the was the Chivas Clasico. Um, yeah, that's that's really all I had on the docket today. Yeah, I mean, didn't touch much on that uh, with that uh, Pauno, personally. Uh, you know, I'm not one of those guys that first answers. Let's fire the coach. But mm-hmm. he is definitely losing my confidence with his lineups. Like his lineups are just it's not it's not even like rotating players. I don't care about rotating players. I didn't mind what Osorio rotated players. I know a lot of people hated it, but I saw I saw the science behind his rotations, and he would explain it to you. Like right. during the press conference, he said, "I play this guy because." You know, they, they like to do this and that, and this is why they did it. Like, exactly. you would break it down. And with Pauno, it's you don't even get that. Or, like, it's just like, in no one's mind does it make sense to start Chapito. Like, you could have started, like, you know, over Mosul, uh, the subs. Even, like, uh, he took out Vega, and he put in Tiba, another defender, when you're losing, like, 2-0. Like, even the explanation, like, you take him out because... Uh, he's injured, and why a center back, and why not somebody else? Like, I don't know. I, uh, Leaks Cup, same thing with the goalie situation. Uh, not really touching on the subject of the guy they brought in from Spain. You know, instead of the politically correct answer of, oh, it's because, you know, this is the guy we see better right now. No, come on. Like, give us some truth. This is, like, injured. He's not adapting well. Like, I don't know, man. I'm starting to lose confidence in him. I think, like, uh, it's like right now he's like a mad scientist. Like, the, losing the final, like, screwed with his confidence so much that now he's just throwing shit against the wall hoping something sticks. And it doesn't, so then the next week he tries something different and different and different, and it's just inconsistent as hell. That's a good call out. I have a theory that um, he's dealing with a banged up roster and maybe that's why he's, you know, it, it, from from an outsider's point of view, it looks like he's just throwing shit on the wall. But um, I, I will say that, you know, the, the players did have a international break and, you know, Thiba was very active in that and Piojo, so, you know, we had players coming back from, from the international break. Maybe that's why they didn't start the game or whatever. But, you know, I agree with you with, with uh, you know, Chapo, you know, him getting the start. I think it had something to do with, like, hierarchia and experience. And, you know, Chapo's, you know, the long longest one that's on the roster now. And he's 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 been in plenty of Clásicos. And I think maybe that was his idea is, like, we need someone with leadership and an experience to, you know, for tonight – but you know, to put to put Mosso on the bench, man, it was was a mistake. He got exposed quite a few times, and uh, you know, I was looking at the the highlights again. You know, they were on Fútbol Picante, and uh, one of the biggest criticism is like, you know, the Chivas players were just like running away from the ball, man. Like they gave America so much space, and you know, you can't be a 
you know, like Boyo Brisueño, man, he just kept like giving him space, giving him space. And, um, you know, that's why they were able to score so easily. It's like, instead of like attacking the player and, and trying to break up the attack, he, he just kept backing up and backing up and backing up. It's like, dude, what are you doing, bro? Eventually someone's got to step up and yeah, it was, it was poor defending. Man, that's a lack of confidence. That's what that is. For those that played, like you've played like a team, a guy that you got to defend and like, you know, like he's so much better. So what you try to do, you try to contain them, you try to contain them. But when you face somebody that you know you're better than, you go in for the ball and take it because you're confident that you're going to take it away. So I think that's another thing. All these results is just messing with their confidence mm -hmm. that they're more on the defensive end on the back foot instead of being like, you yeah. know, taking action. Yeah, I agree. I, I remember the tackle that uh, Thiba had in the international break. I've never seen a player like just dive head first like that. I thought it was hilarious. And, um, you know, it's crazy that we're asking for, you know, Tiba to start over Pollo. It just goes to show how bad our defense is without him. But uh, not to say that Tiba's like much of a step up from Pollo. I think they're both um, limited defenders as far as their IQ goes. <laughs> a lot of brutes, but not a lot of brains, you know? Yeah, Tiba's one guy that, uh, honestly, I think he's pretty close to hitting his ceiling. I wouldn't mind selling him and giving another Canterano a chance. I just don't see him panning out to whatever people might think he's going to pan out to. Yeah, I started rewatching the All or Nothing Chivas uh, documentary on Amazon Prime, and the first episode was, you know, Tiba and Macias's like friendship outside of out of training, and how they've both been at the academy for so long, and like. At that time when they filmed the show, you know, Theo was still living in the um, academy. Like, he still had it moved out. He was still, like, breaking into the first team. And he was pretty old. He was older than Macias. You know, Macias made his debut at, like, 16, 17. And, like, Theo was kind of like a late bloomer. Didn't get his debut until he was in his 20s. And uh, But everyone's, like, hyping him up to be, like, the next big thing and to you know, carry Mexico. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I don't see it. I think he's, you know, he's limited and the things that he can improve on, I, I, it will require like, you know, him going to Serie A, you know, where like Moreno said, like, I didn't know anything about defending it until I got to Serie A. I think, <clears throat> I think he would need that kind of exposure to really elevate his game. Kind of like what happened with Massa, right? Like you see his time at Chivas, he was a walking tronco. And then, he somehow <laughs> made his way to PSV, and man, what a he evolved, man. He he became a better player, and in, in, I never in a million years would I have expected that. But I don't know if he's good enough to play, to to get exported to Europe. I think Diva is probably going to end up being just like a a journeyman within Liga Mekis eventually. Yeah, I feel the same way. That's why uh, I'd rather cut him now. Uh, that's one thing I hate about Chivas, and you know many other teams do it. They hang on for a guy too long to the point that when they do decide to let him go, they don't get much from it. That You got to be able to know when to cut your losses, you know. You can't think like, oh, I already put so much money out, so much investment to it. I just got to keep it. No, just cut your losses and move along. Uh, for example, Johan Vasquez, I don't think that Tiva's even nowhere near being the potential player that Johan Vasquez could be. So I don't see Tiva going to Europe. I don't see him. And he now, 
you know, being a center back for the Mexican national team, a guarantee. I don't see him being like a prime Hector Moreno. I would just cut my losses with him and give somebody else a chance. Yeah, that's the thing, though. In the back line, you don't really think of anybody stepping up and and giving uh, giving them a lot of competition. I don't know, man. I, Campillo, I figure, but Campillo plays more what on left back. Yeah, he's defensive, but he's not. I don't think he's a yeah, center, yeah, he's back. center back. Yeah, well, yeah, I cut my losses with Diva. Uh, same thing with like Chapito. Like I don't know, like my manager retired a year ago. You know, he should have the balls. He should have the self awareness to say, "I'm not cut out for this no more." As far as the expectations, what they expect from me. And that whole locker room, you know, influence shit. I don't really buy into that. Like, I don't, I think that needs to come from your leaders on the field as well. I don't buy into the whole, oh, well, he's here to, you know, teach the young guys the ropes. Like, no, man, those, those got to be the leaders on the field that need to do that. You're not getting paid to be a consultant. It's like, you know, the OG at in prison, you know, it's like that guy's been around forever and he's kind of like, he still has like that respect, but I do think that his, his welcome is getting worn out and it, it, it just baffles my mind that you're getting bodied by a 34 year old, like in training. Cause this hap this has to happen in training. Like, I don't think Bonovich goes into these, like, you know, these matches just, uh, you know, going off of a off of hierarchy. I think there must be something in training that he sees and he's like, yeah, he's going to start today. So like, if you're like a wink, you know, if you're a Chicote or if you're a freaking Alan Mosso dude, like I would be, that would light a fire under, under my ass watching a fucking 34 year old get the start in a Clasico and then get absolutely like torched. Yeah, dude. You mean light a fire in your ass, like motivate you, like motivate you to be like, fuck that dude. Like, I'm better than this guy. Let me show you in training, you know? Mm, see, that's you, because other people would also take it in the sense of, like, all right, well, fuck you, Pauno, and, like, completely, like, die off. Like, literally, you let that guy start over me. You didn't see what I did in the last game. You haven't seen what I've been doing this whole season. And you start him, and he chokes, and he makes us lose. Like, you're an idiot. All right, that's your guy. That's your guy. And then, like, your level drops, because you... Stop caring and you're mad at somebody. Mm. Now, that's the rumor of what's going on with Chivas right now with Mosso, Polcho, and them. Mm-hmm. They're just upset at Pauno for his decisions. And I can see it, man, because, you know, that's how Mexican players are. Yep. They're famous for tenderle la cama to the coaches they don't like. Yeah, for sure. And you would hope that, you know, at least from what Yero says, you know, trying to shut all that, all those rumors down, all that gossip. It's like, hey, like, we don't have those kind of players at our at our you know squad. That's that's why we have you know we've been very meticulous. I, I, I hope it's not the case. That that shows really weak mentality. What what does? Yeah, like you're mad at the coach for whatever. So oh, that your performance drops or you play you start playing ass. The players hey, have berrinches. You call it weak mentality, but I I call it human element. It happens in no, the workplace. At the end of the day, it's the workplace. If you're busting yeah, but that's the and another guy gets promoted, in this and another guy gets promoted, and he gets like something that, let's say, quote unquote, you put in more work for. Some people might 
say, all right, I'm going to be motivated to get the next promotion. Some other people yeah, might say, for, fuck for, this company. I'm going to go look for another job. I'm going to start applying at other places. Yeah. It doesn't, to me, it's not weak mentality. It's just human element. Some people deal with adversity in different ways. Uh, some people feel like, take it as motivation. Some people feel disrespected. Yeah, but in this sport, neither one is wrong. If you're throwing a season away, or you're letting it affect you to that point, you're not going to get very far. There's no guarantee that the next team, you're going to get it better. So you can't just be all the time, something's not going your way, all right, I'm going to move. No, but that's why it's hard to win. Because that's why I said, yeah, playing time is important, but everything has to come together. So, like, you were saying with Cortizo, he played a little bit here, he played a little bit there, then he shows up at Puebla. What came together for him was Larcamón. Larcamón liking him for his style and Larcamón exploiting his high qualities and then becoming a standout player in La Liga Mekis and then Chivas and Monterrey fighting for him. So, yeah, there's no guarantee that the next team might like you, but that's why it's hard to win the championship because it's not just about bringing in the right coach, having the right chemistry. players. It has chemistry. Everything has to come together. What, so I, what I will right say is not coming together. What I will say is like, again, obviously something's broken or something's just not, not working correctly. Um, and you know, obviously if you're a sporting director, you want to immediately put out any fires and especially when it comes to like the media and gossip and especially in Mexico. So I understand him trying to like shut it down immediately. What I can tell you is uh, muscles tendencies and character. There's a reason why Pumas was willing to let him go. And there's a reason why he didn't go to the Olympics. He was part of that Proceso with uh, Jimmy Lozano ended up not making the final roster that went to uh, Japan. And I'm sure that if, you know, he's upset with Bao, uh, you know, riding the pine against uh, America and, and having Chapo start over him, again, I would not be surprised if, if he is starting to become a locker room problem. As far as with Porto goes, it sounds like it was more of a health issue. Like, it wasn't because of his disciplinary issues. He did get sent off against Rayados. And it, it would have, from my perspective, it would have, it would have felt like, oh, why'd you do that bonehead, you know, sending oh. off? We could have used you against Rayados, and, you know, now I'm going to punish you by, like, riding the pine. So I don't know. I don't know what the truth is, but obviously Pocho has had his disciplinary issues, his behavioral issues, his drug issues. So, you know, for those two cats to be, uh, you know, carrying some rumors or gossip, I, I would not be surprised. We shall see. But, gents, um, I'm going to put a bow tie on tonight. Thank you guys for joining me. But uh, I'll let you guys have your closing thoughts, and then we'll wrap up episode 401. For my closing thoughts, uh, not many really. I mean, I want to see if uh, Chivas has a bounce-back game. And if it is a bounce-back game, if you know if it's just lucky and – or if they actually like start showing consistency as far as not necessarily the result, but like the way they play, or if it just keeps getting more downhill from here. And if it does get more downhill from here, I still don't think they fire Pound. It just seems like, you know, yeah. Hierro's not that type of guy. 
he's going to let the project play out. And then at the end of the season, do an assessment and see what's best. I just don't see him being that guy just to fire him randomly, especially knowing that he probably doesn't have many other choices. He wants to make his project look serious and wait till the end of the season results to do something. But I agree. Chivas play Pachuca, by the way. Yeah, Yeah, at home. Yeah, that'll be an interesting match. And then as far as like in the immediate soccer world, excited to see Santi Jimenez scoring Champions League tomorrow. Oh, yeah, good call out, man. We have Champions League uh, kicking off tomorrow, and I think they play against Celtic. Celtic, yeah. Yeah, he has a good chance of scoring. Yeah, Pachuca's not doing for my closing pass. Seems to us trying to see if Pau gets team to gets to turn it around. Um, so he has the luck of having two home games back to back, and so Pachuca, usually a team that gives Chivas a lot of trouble. They're currently in twelve, not as hot. Um, they just beat Santos a, today, three <laughs> two. Yeah. I know, but but I mean, it, usually they're a bit. You know, I, I'm just I don't see them as as um as dangerous as some of these other clubs. Uh, not saying they're not good. Um, and then I think it's Mazatlan, fifteenth. So I mean, I think that's those two games could could be a good for bounce back, and then they'll face Toluca on the road. Uh, so I think I think these three games will be important for for the club's health. They not so much the health. The um, what is it called? What uh, I lost for words. Jaime. It's uh, motivation. You know, keep motivated. Not you know the the losses kept piling up, and then you you just have a team that starts losing faith or or. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that will be. I'm curious to see what this team is made of with their match on Saturday against Pachuca. It's not an easy one, you know. Pachuca have had our number in the past. They just had a really uh, competitive match against Santos, who we lost to a couple weeks ago. So you know, I'm not looking forward to this match on Saturday, to be honest. Um, but we'll have to see how their character is. Um, as far as, uh, you know, the Europeans go, uh, we do have, like you mentioned, um, Santi playing in Champions League football against Celtic. We also have Arsenal versus PSV, Chucky Lozano over there at PSV now. Funny incident that happened over the weekend. Uh, there was a penalty kick. He wanted it. The, the fans were cheering his name. And instead, it was given to Ricardo Pepe, who ended up taking it. Uh, it looks like the coach had the last decision on that. But um, curious to know if uh, there's going to be that rivalry between Pepe and, and Chucky. Uh, if if, there, if that's going to be an issue in the locker room. Um, but yeah, looking forward to Champions League football tomorrow. Thank God. Uh, I do have... Um, some sort of housekeeping items uh, as you're all aware we we did launch our, our website on our 400th episode cantinamex.com 
and, and we do have some merch there. We and uh, if you guys end up buying any, just tag us on on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, once you get it delivered, uh, shout out to Connor who uh, who actually sent me a DM and said, "Hey man, I just I just ordered the sticker, so we appreciate your support." Um, the other thing, which you know, we'll have to take it day by day, is uh, unfortunately, you know, with uh, Twitter with all these changes, and uh, there was a rumor about you know Twitter becoming this sort of pay-to-play uh, type system. So you know, we've been using Twitter Spaces to to broadcast our our uh, our episodes live, so we can interact with the fans. Um, but worst case scenario, if if Twitter becomes a a platform where you do have to pay to be a member and and uh, our listeners are not going to be able to, uh, to to follow us anymore. Uh, we are working on a backup plan, uh, a Discord. Uh, we already have the server up and ready. So if you guys are interested in, in joining the server, just uh, you know DM us. We'll, we'll send you the invites, and that way we can keep the conversation going. But, of course, want to thank you all for your support and all the gentlemen that hopped on tonight on episode 401. This is Cantina MX signing out for tonight. Be safe, and hope you have a great week.